Welcome to the Marketing Trust Podcast. I am your host, Adam Buchanan. I believe trust must exist before a transaction can take place. I give marketers the tools they need to infuse more trust in their marketing to help grow their business. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Marketing Trust Podcast. I am your host, Adam Buchanan. It's great to be with you. Spring is here and my bees are flying like crazy. I am actually a beekeeper. I have a few hives in my backyard and I'm looking forward to a great year. Well, hopefully my bees are going to have a strong year pollinating my garden, all the neighboring gardens, and hopefully make a lot, a lot of honey. You usually see about 100, 150 pounds of honey every year. So hopefully this year is no different. I always like to share my honey as well. So if we're ever at the same event, watch for my big red glasses and ask me for some honey. I should have some honey sticks on me. A couple weeks ago, I went to IBM Think 2018. It was an awesome event, all about AI, marketing automation, data. It was phenomenal to hear from so many incredible brands using Watson Marketing and other products, and also to hear from the CEO of IBM. One thing I loved that she said, which is so great, was she said, you know, we've shifted from this workforce of white collar, blue collar, and now we're in this age where you don't need a PhD to work in technology. You don't need all this fancy education. And so what she called this, this new thing is the new collar. And I loved that. That was such a phenomenal uh, keynote that she gave. Last week, I was in LA speaking at Cerritos College. Had some great conversations with educators and industry pros that partner with the college to help attract students to their programs and also engage with their current students I shared the marketing trust formula. The marketing trust formula is on episode six. If you want a refresher of that, it's all about proximity, honesty, and expertise. So I was able to kind of talk about how they can engage with their students using those three things. And we actually shared quite a bit of information about Facebook groups. I talked about why that's important. And that's what we're talking about in this episode, talking about how Facebook groups can infuse more trust with your audience. The other podcast I was on actually recently was the New New Thing podcast with Quantify.ai. Had a great discussion with Sharman and their folks over there. It was all about collaborating with the right individuals that share the same values that you do as your brand. So it's important that when you do influencer marketing, it's really, really important that there's more time spent up front of vetting those partnerships, reviewing who would be a good fit for you. Because... I see a lot of brands that get kind of down the road and they start to see that the the person they're collaborating with isn't quite a good fit and they didn't do their research. So it's important to do your research up front, get the, make sure those values are aligned. Check out the new, new thing podcast. Those are from the good folks at quantify.ai. During our trusted brand segment on this episode, I want to talk about a brand that I really, really like, and I've been following them for quite a while. It is Letterfolk. Letterfolk makes these awesome letter boards, and it's a simple black background with these white letters. And it's sort of like the menu that you see when you go to a sandwich shop and you see like the simple menu with the black background. That's what they've done, but they've made these products that are actually really awesome. But what they do is they inspire you with different quotes that you can put on your board. And I actually have one of their boards in my office and it has my three words for 2018 on it. If you're not sure what the three words exercise is, it's from Chris Brogan, 
at the beginning of the year, you select three words that kind of shape what your year is going to be like. My three words are magnify, essential, and intention. I wanted to give Letter Focus a shout out though during this episode because they've done such a great job highlighting their customers and their content and what I like to call, you know, bringing them on stage and giving them the microphone. So big shout out to Letter Folk. Watch what they're doing on Instagram. They've done a really, really nice job. And some of their quotes are incredible. They are so clever, so on point, and really, really good. And the reason why I think that helps build trust is because you're featuring real people using your product. You know, you could be on stage with your microphone all day long, but if what you're delivering maybe loses its savior or doesn't have as much value, you've got to bring other people on stage. And so that's what Letterfolk does. That's really what fuels their content strategy. So nice job to them. All right, let's dive into Facebook groups. So Facebook groups have been discussed quite frequently, especially in January when Mark Zuckerberg came out and said, we are going to change the algorithm. We're going to change the newsfeed. We're going to make sure the content you're seeing is valuable and stuff that you're interested in. So it's created quite a lot of questions, a lot of discussion, which I think is good. The thing is, though, is Facebook groups really aren't new. They've been around for a long, long time. And so if we dive into the, the background of Facebook groups, you know, they really represent how social media got started. So back, 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 back in the day, way long before Facebook, long before the other social channels, online, you'd find a community that you shared an interest with, you know, through talk forums. And you'd find these communities, you'd join, you'd contribute information, you'd learn, and you could connect with others. The nice thing about these is they were very filtered, they're very specific, they're very niche, they're very, you know, valuable to the user because if you love Jeep Wranglers from the years 1999 to 2002. I don't know. I'm just making that up. Maybe that's a special group of years of Jeeps. But if you like that specific of a model of a car, there are people who are just like you. I drive a Ford F-150 and actually it's funny to see that there's specific groups of people that come out with different years of the truck. Where they're like, oh man, you know, the, the 2008 was awesome because of this. And then you have the 2012 people. And it's just, it's fascinating to see how narrow it gets. It's not just, I'm a fan of Ford. It's, I'm a fan of the F-150 in the year, you know, 2010 or whatever. So that's a little bit of background on these communities. And Facebook groups, they aren't really a new concept. It's just a concept that is on, on Facebook where you can join a group that you have an interest in and you all share that interest and you can connect with others and they can be super, super valuable. Now, brands have seen this opportunity and said, oh, maybe we can create a group with with our brand. And, and I totally support that. You just gotta make sure it's done in the right way. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. Before we dive into that though, let's talk about why we got here, why people are talking about Facebook groups now and where, where Facebook is at. If you look at the last few years of social media, it's been so easy for people to get on and create content. Now, you can go, you know, share a photo, you can share a video, you can share a live video, you can check in, you can tag a government official now, you can run a poll, you can run an update, you can do a story. There's so many different ways to create content. And while that's great, 
sometimes the value of content decreases because users of a social network might think, well, it's it's here. I've you know I've got to create this content, so I'm just going to create whatever. I'm going to create whatever is on my mind, and then we have all this content coming through the channels, and it's just too much. It's an overload. So I believe it's never been an easier time to create content, but that's all that also creates an overload of content, which may not be truthfully on point or what people are really wanting. So what we start to see is what Facebook has seen. You know, the first time in Facebook's history they've seen a decline in engagement from its users. So in 2017, the percent of users engaged on Facebook was 67%, and now in 2018, it's declined to 62%. Now, obviously, Facebook is super concerned with that because they need to make sure they're not dropping engagement and, and making sure they're delivering content that's valuable to people. And so in January, they mentioned that, you know, content that, you're going to start seeing more of, and maybe you're seeing this already, or you should have been seeing this in the last few months, is content from friends and family, groups that you're part of, and less from brands or media who, again, they're trying to hack that algorithm and get their message in front of you. And, and in some ways, not in a great way. So people are turned off by that. Now, this is going to give business owners and marketers a big message of, hey, we should go launch a Facebook group. We don't have one of those. And if that's what Facebook is giving more precedence to, let's get a Facebook group. Before you do that, let's just talk about some tips and some things to keep in mind. Because again, it's so easy to create one. Let's just make sure you do it the right way. So here are a few tips on Facebook groups. So... The big thing here is it's critical to offer something unique to your audience and not just more of the messages you're already giving them through your business page or wherever else they're they're learning more about your brand. So make sure that when you launch a Facebook group, you come up with a strategy of what can you truly offer them that is special? And it doesn't have to be a bunch of free stuff. I, I've done that before and, and people like free stuff and, the, and that's great. I'm not opposed to that but it can't be based solely off of that. So think about how you can give people access. And that's one thing I did at a previous company I was with at Experticity, which is now Expert Voice. Congrats on the name change. It's a little bit easier to pronounce. There I managed a Facebook group of around 2000 of members of, of the, uh, basically our customers. And what we did was we approached it in a way of giving them access in the sense of, Here's what we're working on the website. We'd like your feedback and you get to be part of this change. And people really like that because the members of this group were very interested in that. And they, they saw a lot of value of being able to have that voice of really helping us as a company provide a strong experience to the wider consumer base. We also shared a lot of Facebook Live videos, and this was something we did early on just to see if that's a way that they wanted to be engaged with. And, and we would have other companies or partners or even employees of the brand uh, on the Facebook Live and, and have that connection. And people loved it. They loved the interviews. They loved being able to ask questions in real time. And we just tried to make it fun and interesting. And one thing we did, this is so silly, but you've got to think about this. you got to think about how you can make your content just a little bit of little weird, little funky. But one thing we did here, and I don't I don't remember even how it started, but on, on one of the early episodes of the Facebook Live, I was eating Swedish fish, or I had them on camera. And someone was like, oh my gosh, we got to talk about Swedish fish. And so we like paused on what we were talking about. And we just talked about candy of like, what's the best candy? 
and people had all these opinions on candy. And that's one thing you can do too, is do friendly debates around something related to your brand. And so Sweetest Fish became a thing. And so I started bringing it to every Facebook Live episode. And we just took a, a moment to like celebrate this awesome red candy. And it was so funny that someone actually loved it so much. They sent us a box of Sweetest Fish to our office. So we made sure to give them a shout out on upcoming live episodes. This was also really cool too, because it was able to prove out a concept. And this was early on in live where live video was, was still kind of new on Facebook. But what it was able to do is to say, hey, people really like live video. And so we're able to scale that, that program and do more of live and learn that that's what that community really liked. So this is, you know, Facebook groups are great because you can give access to people and help build trust that way by saying, hey, what's your opinion? What do you want to see from us? You know, let's crowdsource something. And it's a great place to connect one-on-one with, with your customers. So think about who could be part of your group, who could be part of kind of your admins. And I don't suggest just having one person do it. I've done that before. Try to have a little team so that everyone can kind of you know, take turns engaging and, and develop those, those cool, awesome personal relationships. Make sure to invite your audience on email and your website and other marketing outposts. Don't just build a Facebook group and expect people to find it. You've got to talk about it. This is so obvious, but yet it's something that I think a lot of business owners and marketers just disregard. They're like, oh, whatever. We, we just got to start our Facebook group and, and they'll just come. One thing that I like that Brian Fanzo has been saying a lot lately is you can't just build it and they will come. This isn't the field of dreams anymore. I love that. So make sure that you're constantly talking to people about it and, and providing that value. One project I worked on with a nursing college here in Utah is we launched a Facebook group for their current students to connect with one another. But we also said, hey, if you've got potential students who want to get a a feel for the school and connect with these students, they can come in and ask questions and really talk to students who are experiencing the college. This was awesome because if you think about it, if you're going to make a fairly big purchase or a big decision, like joining a certain school, wouldn't you want to talk to real students who are experiencing the school and have been there a couple of semesters? And so that's what we did. And, and truthfully, it's more valuable than someone skimming through a massive FAQs page or, you know, I love counselors, but counselors are going to be pretty biased towards their school. So, and counselors are only going to share only so much information that they know of their point of view. But if you talk to a student of the college or university, that's going to open up a whole new world of transparency. So again, this goes back to my formula of marketing trust. This kind of falls under proximity. Again, you're, you're creating connections where people are going to have one-to-one opportunities to connect with one another and ask questions and, and get real answers. And it also falls on the pillar of honesty as well, where we're being transparent with our conversations and saying, hey, you know, we can say all day long how great our college is and why you should join. Or you could go talk to this Facebook group that we've we've built, full disclosure, we've built this, but it's of students that, you know, like the school, they're they're willing to answer questions and and they've seen a lot of great success with that. Here's the funny thing. It's not massive. That group, the, the college that I'm talking about, they only have about 250 members, but they've seen so much value from it. And people talk about, you know, testing schedules and they talk about 
you know, uh, supporting each other through testing periods and also talking about even available internships. You know, this, this is a nursing college where, you know, hey, they need to be connected with, you know, other opportunities professionally to grow their career. So that nursing college is Nightingale Nursing College. They're they're awesome. They're fun to work with. Big shout out to them. And they're they're doing it right. They've they've built a Facebook group that truly is kind of run and fueled by the members and the students. And you have the admins, you have the moderators, the Nightingale representatives, and they come in and and moderate as needed. But they've they've just done not, such a nice job. So big shout out to their team. And again, just a reminder: don't get caught up with how big your group is. Don't lose sleep over that. If you're going to lose sleep over something, I would lose sleep over delivering value. Now, Facebook groups are great. People love them. If you're part of Facebook groups, you you see it. You see that, wow, I can connect with all these people. It's awesome. It's friendly with the social algorithm of Facebook. But what if Facebook groups went away? Here's the thing. They may go away. We never know what's going to happen. Now, they probably won't at least for the near future. However, it's important to look at what Facebook groups offer and try to build that on your own in a long-term sense. So for instance, making sure you have a healthy email list and engaging with your audience frequently. That's that's one way to look at a Facebook group. It's kind of like an email list or a newsletter. And the other thing is looking at how you might engage your customers more in depth on your website, you know, maybe creating some way for people to connect with one another or message one another and think about that. There's, there's all sorts of plugins. There's, you know, some plugins that are really, really expensive, something like a lithium, you know, may not be the investment that you're ready for, but there's other plugins, even, you know, simple as, you know, creating groups or other kind of talk forum type, type experiences on your website that you're going to own, that you're going to be able to manage 100%. Again, we don't know what Facebook's going to do. So be careful of putting all your investment in, okay, yeah, Facebook group is going to save all my business problems and then change my life. Um, no, there's there's great benefits from it. I highly recommend it. Definitely do it. But think long-term. As your Facebook group grows, make sure to keep an eye on the data and insights provided by Facebook. The cool thing they offer there is identifying who are the key contributors. So if you start to grow and and see a lot of numbers, you can see who are the most engaged users. Definitely get in touch with those people, develop deeper relationships with them. Again, this is going to help you build trust and one-on-one connections. The other thing you can do with Facebook groups is identify complementary Facebook groups that you could possibly collaborate with. So if you're creating a Facebook group and you're a mountain biking brand and you make bikes, you might reach out to a couple existing Facebook groups and talk to them and say, hey, you know, here's what we're doing. We'd love to you know, support you and what you're up to and you know, kind of collaborate in some way. You can connect with their admins, let them know what you're offering. And a lot of people really like this too. With existing groups, sometimes they like people to come on and do like a guest live video. This is something I've done in my own business where there'll be an existing community and I'll say, hey, Let me come on, you know, go live. Your community can ask me anything they want. And this is something that you can really focus on with your expertise. One of the other pillars of the marketing trust formula. Think about what value you can offer to other complementary groups. And 
again, you've got to think about what expertise you're bringing to the marketplace because that is what people are going to find valuable. That's what people are going to resonate with. So think about what other complementary groups that you'll have mutual goals with and they'll see value in you and you can see value in them. Well, that's it for me for this episode nine of why Facebook groups can really help improve and infuse more trust with your audience. Now, if you're seeing success with groups, or Facebook groups, let me know what's working well. Send me an email at adam at adamcbuchanan.com. Thank you for being a listener of the Marketing Trust Podcast. If you'd like to sign up for my email, you can go to my website at adamcbuchanan.com and we can connect that way. And since we talk so much about groups today on Facebook, you can also join my Facebook group all around the podcast. Just search Marketing Trust on Facebook and we'll get you connected. When you join, make sure to introduce yourself. And for the first 10 people that do this in the next few days, you are going to get honey sticks from my backyard beehives. Just drop me a message on Facebook after you join. We'll get connected and get you your honey. Since, hey, you know, if I want to talk about honey on the podcast, I got to share it a little bit. So first 10 people who join the Facebook group, you are getting honey. All right. Well, that's it for me. Thanks for listening. And leave a review if you're finding value from the Marketing Trust podcast. And as always, let me know what feedback you have. Talk to you later. This has been another episode of the Marketing Trust podcast, where I help you infuse more trust with your customers to help grow your business. I'm Adam Buchanan, and I want to thank you for listening.